Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. So when you're dealing with with Saturday morning cartoons in the 80s, it's it's real easy to have the villain uh, like laugh and nothing has changed and he comes back for his revenge in the next episode with uh, his inexhaustible supply of, you know, stormtroopers or Cobra commandos yeah. or Decepticons or, you know, whatever the hot item is. Back in the day, it was really rare to find a reoccurring villain who had his own story arc. And today... I'd like to talk about one of my favorite ones from the Robotech property, and that's Britai. I love Britai. Britai was, well, you know, as you're just saying right now, that recurring villain that was interesting. I think as a kid, watching cartoons, Britai was my first experience with that, where yeah. you start from the beginning and he's the bad guy. And then over time, you realize he's actually kind of an okay dude. <laughs> Yeah, he's not only an okay dude, and this is one of the things that I like about what is just now starting to come into the American version of uh, of like role playing games and various nerdity. But back in the day, was it was fairly foreign to us. Was the um, the, the 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 motivations behind the, the a character like that? Because Britai is very much the hero of of his story. Okay, Britai, the hero of the story? Like, are we talking all of Robotech or what? Absolutely. Britai is one of the ones, one of the few characters that uh, goes all the way through. Like, the series, the old books, which I should note is now no longer canon. So I, I should say, dear listener, that a lot of what we're saying from my own personal experience from Jack McKinley and Palladium Books is now no longer considered canon by Robotech, uh, by the property because of just licensing stuff. They were able to sell the story to one company. They couldn't sell it to the other. Yada, 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 annoying legal stuff. I don't care about any of that. I'm going to cherry pick the stuff I like. And that is my headcanon. And I just <laughs> like to make that very clear. So don't come at me sideways over it. <laughs> uh, I won't. And I don't think okay. anybody else will. We have some good listeners. I, I think so too. So the books by Jack McKinley start out with uh, Zor's final battle. And in that battle is Britai. And he's described as a, a warrior god snapping out orders and fearsome in battle himself. He's a, he's a, a blue-skinned alien Julius Caesar. Like, he's, he's just, he's badass. <laughs> but as, as for him being a hero, it is important to remember the, the history of the Zentradi, which is, um, they were created, they're a created race of, of clones bred by the Robotech masters in order to mine the, what is it, monopole ore on uh, Phantomus. Uh, no relation to Mike Patton's band, incidentally. <laughs> Which actually disappointed me. I, I really wanted them to come out in blue face and like, kind of like, all zentrotted, but it never happened. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was a rabbit hole I shouldn't have gone down. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He's a menacing figure, but it's important to remember that he is a, a freed, a, a, a slave, a leader of slaves who is in, unlike most of his compatriots and his uh, direct line, you know, military leadership in, in Dolza, 
he is looking out for the Zentradi first. He is looking for what he considers not to be a disposable slave race, but his race. He was one of the few Zentradi who was actually one of the, the miners before they became warriors. And he actually has the memories of that time, which is very rare among the Zentradi. He, Exodor, Dolza, uh, part of that, also Chiron, and um, I believe Azonia as well, for the Zentradi. In his mind, he is serving masters to the best of his ability, but also trying to manipulate events with Exodor to bring about the freedom of the Zentradi race, which doesn't really come through. You realize, like, he's, he's kind of like uh, an old Yeats poem. He, Britai realizes that the center is broken and the edges cannot hold. He realizes what the Robotech masters are. He realizes the rot at the center of his society. And he's trying to make sure that when that falls to the inevitability of the rampaging Invid just storming the fuck over the masters, that the Zentradi are on the side and pursuing their own destiny separate from the vengeance that's about to fall on the masters for being, you know, pretty much dickheads to the quadrant for most of their existence. He probably also realizes that unless he does something, the Zentradi are going to be the ones in between the Invid and the Masters whose sole purpose will be as sacrifices or cannon fodder. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of why I see him as a, as a sympathetic character. Exodor has a lot to do with that. And we'll probably get into Exodor in the some days because he's also a really fascinating character to me. He really is. But as for Britai, a soldier, soldier, a general sans poor reproach, and also, which is really rare in, in his race, a, a, a questing mind, which is open. And to that, I give a lot of credit to Exodor, but a lot of that is also him and his exposure to Zor, who is the father of protoculture, mm-hmm. the one who, uh, you know, who banged the alien queen and, you know, stole the secrets of the flower. Well, Zor, if I remember correctly, gave Britai his direct orders to go get that goddamn ship back. Uh, that would be Dolza, actually. Okay. And uh, Dolza wanted to get it to give it back to the Masters. Uh, okay. Britai is 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 a hard character because, like, he's fierce. When uh, when they were captured, Lisa, Rick, and Max were captured on uh, captured on the ship uh, with Ben Dixon. Like Britai just tears them apart. Three mecha bare hands, doesn't give two shits, gets blasted out into space, <laughs> crawls along the hull, and then beats up Max Sterling, incidentally, uh, the best of the, the RDF, the absolute pinnacle of fighter pilots, beats him to death with a lead pipe, basically. Not not to death, like he lives, but he beats the mecha all to shit. <laughs> like, like it's it's just, he's, he's a badass fighter. He's he's tough as nails. He's taller than the average Zentradi by a good, uh, I think it's 10, 10 feet, 10 meters, mm-hmm. 10 feet. That'd be 30. Yeah. So 10 feet because he's like 70 feet tall. There's uh, he was wounded. He has like this. He has this cybernetic eyepiece because he was wounded at the very beginning defending Zor. He took a yep. terrible head wound right and in the he, very uh, beginning of that first book that we did over our book club. And if you haven't seen that, dear listener, please feel free to check out <laughs> Robotech number one. That goes on. In fact, I have some great pictures here, uh, which I really kind of want to share with you. Where do you want them? Well, just pop them in our Discord here. And if you do that, I can also link them on our show notes and uh, attach them to our website. 
All right. So this is um, this is Britai as Archie and Jughead pre uh, pre being <laughs> wounded. <laughs> do, do you see this? Okay, yeah, these are definitely dear listener. These these images will all be linked to the show notes, just so you can watch along at home. Okay, <laughs> okay, Number <two>. that's great. <laughs> this is him wounded, holding Zor, and you can you can see the terrible wound he takes from from the invid. Oh, I didn't know Zor was so small. Yeah, Zor was um, Zor was Tyrolean. Which is the race of the Robotech Masters, which oh. I believe, and this is my headcanon. It's it's not I, I don't have an express statement for it, but I believe the Zentradi were cloned from Tyrolians. Okay. He eventually like returns to Tyrol and uh learns about love with Kazania Hesh. That's his lady. She bears him a child. Sadly, he doesn't really meet the child. Oh. Uh and uh this is him in in the bucket mask. Uh, in the Sentinels, they did not do well in the Sentinels, and this is his final act of defiance against um, the Invid Regent, who he fucking kills along with T.R. Edwards, who we should probably get into too. God damn it! There's so many rabbit holes in, in Robotech. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like th- th- there's a lot of ground to cover there, but I think it's really important. And he raises, amongst a lot of other things that were were done in Robotech exclusively to the American audience at the time. I'm, I'm not saying like this was the first time it was ever done, but it was the first time it was marketed to us kids. Of the sympathetic villain in cartoons, the one that you can grow to, because even in the cartoon outside the books, he realizes when he has contracted uh, contracted Micronian cooties. And he realizes when he must, for, for the fate of the people under his command, uh, for their continued longevity, he realizes when he must turn against his own and side with the humans and become one of the, the, the staunchest allies that the United Earth government has. They are thereafter treated like shit, most, like most allies uh, that you know, strong governments have. You, I can go into some historical perspectives. <laughs> Yeah, but without that change, of course, the humans would have been eradicated, ultimately wiped out. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they were in the process of being eradicated at that moment. Yeah. Dole's big fleet, four million ships had shown up. And when four million ships start an orbit- orbital bombardment of Earth, it, yep. it, it glasses the planet. And if it wasn't for, you know, them covering the SDF-1 to go punch Dolza in the dick, it wouldn't, <laughs> it, there, there would have been no humans. <laughs> and we can all thank Lynn Minmay's music for that. I just, God, I really wish they had spent some extra money on Lynn May's music. In the, uh, I, yeah, I think she has what three songs, you know, to, yeah. to be in love, and, stage fright, and like maybe one other one. And God, you know, <laughs> none of them are any good. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a few points in the show where it's like, oh, and Lynn Minmay's newest song. You're like, oh, something the new. Stage fright. God damn it. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> I mean, even for the 80s, it was pretty weak sauce. But it, it, was, it was really awful. <laughs> but in the sense of politics and playing one side against the other, he was, he was the savior of his species, of humanity. He was just the all-around hero. He, he played a bigger part in the saving of humanity than literally anyone else except for Lin-Min May and her terrible songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. He was, 
a fantastic example of the villain turned ally that, again, I had never been exposed to as a kid until Robotech. Later, in the later years, you see this happening more and more now. Like the the next one that comes to mind is if you've watched Avatar The Last Airbender, the story arc of Zuko, many ways very similar to that of Bree Tai. Uh, they have that, you know, conflicted nature and then they, they switch sides. Although Zuko's is a little bit more emo than Bree Tai's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it really opens up a, a young mind to the thought of the abstract of good and evil versus the abstract of perspective where, where, where you are standing as to what good and evil is. So as a human under attack by Britai on the planet earth, going about your business and all of a sudden like laser bolts fall from the sky and Oh fuck, there goes my, my house and my, you know, my 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 city and there's ostrich things looking around blasting people that fucking sucks but it's all a matter of perspective you change that perspective and britai is merely buying time against a primitive race of you know little value to free his own people and it's it's really it's a really inter- interesting exercise in like comparative morality to put before a child and i'm really glad that i had the chance to see that as a kid because what what else do we have? We had Skeletor, we had the Shredder. You know these these are these are mustache twirling villains. They they are monochromatic villains. Cobra Commander has no arc. You know that's 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 a redemption arc. Though I should note that he does in the comics. And if you ever want to revisit that with me, I'm ready to talk. Oh, <laughs> wow that 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 would be another show entirely, my friend. <laughs> yeah, red yeah, lasers and blue lasers, man. <laughs> But like I said, it's just, it's, it stands by itself. Like at the, I just, I can't emphasize how at the time Robotech was, was groundbreaking. And we all realized that it was a nightmare of licensing, a nightmare of patched together, hodgepodge, often self-contradictory things that were pushed together and said, no, 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 this is how it totally works. And, you know, that's fine. But it, it, it pushed ground in ways that... No other show did, and Britai was a, a huge part of that. Agreed. We salute you, Britai. Does he uh, make it? <laughs> does he make it? No, does he, he fucking go- dies. Plays of glory. Yeah, he uh, he dies uh, fighting the Invent Regent and T.R. Edwards, who is the villain in the first book, if you recall, uh, that Roy had to go into the ship with. Yeah, the father of Robotech. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's Doctor Emma Lang. Uh, oh, T.R. Okay. Edwards, remember, there was a global civil war at the time. Yeah. Fokker is on the side of the internationalists, and then there's something like NACPR or something like that. There's another faction, and Edwards is on their side, and they're the bad people. And um, Edwards continually climbs the ranks in the UEG after the war is over, and he's, you know, he's still a bad guy. And at the end, he's a very bad guy indeed, having captured... Uh, I believe it was an invid brain and using it and uh, some accompanying missiles to blow up the regent and Britai while they're fighting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Britai does not make it out alive. Damn. Well, but he does last all the way through Sentinels from Macross. So I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a good run. Had a good run. Yeah. Speaking of good runs. Yeah. 
We made it to episode 100. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. We got the, the Ninja Turtles stuff out there. We had a fantastic time with our good friends, Bassem and Cranny. And yeah. uh, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on uh, the ride so far? This has been a lot of fun. I really like exploring these properties. Like, and what when you grow up, you don't have a lot of time for shit like this unless you 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 really choose it and you put you know time aside for it. And you know we've been busy and we've missed weeks or two here and there, uh, sometimes longer. But um, I, I'm really glad we've been able to do this. And I I, I love like tying into the episode we did before about. Um, becoming an expert accidentally by, by dint of hobbying. I really love the, the depth that we've been able to, to go into this and, you know, you're a blast to work with. I, I think we do. <laughs> Thank you. I think we do really well here. Yeah. I oh, agree. Man, I mean, like I'm, I'm ready to go over for another hundred. Hell yeah. Now, what do you think about, uh, the three tenors? <laughs> the, oh, <God. laughs> the, the paratrooping parental, but, <laughs> Parental parachuting Palwani pachyderms from Portland. Like, I mean, I'm I'm ready to like uh, <laughs> film a let's play in it. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've had a good response from that so far. I, I still want to get more people to weigh in because doing something like that is a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time yeah. to put it together right, but I think we could do it in a way that would be both enjoyable to us and entertaining to. Anybody who would lower themselves to the level to listen to something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'd absolutely play in it. And, you know, Bassam and Cranny are a freaking blast. So, yeah, I, I would love to sit down at an actual table with them. Would you be running this one, you think? I think or so. We, uh, yeah. 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 I, I think that would be the easiest one more way to for do the, it. We'd probably need one more. I don't know. You can't have a three tenors with four. Unless we That's do true. it like the the musketeer, so it'd be the three tenors, but we'd have the fourth and tenor D'Artagnan, coming in. Yeah, <laughs> D'Artagnan. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, well, that's going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, we could always like just dispose of the surfer dude trope. That that was that was over. That was over during Michelangelo. That one. Can oh leave. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be doing none of that. We, we got to stick with uh, something a bit more refined. After all, you do have a kid to raise. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, God. Yeah. I, uh, no, I'm into it. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And also, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, I was mostly bruises there for a little bit, but uh, I heard uh, Jacob stepped in and what'd you guys do? We uh, did a few episodes on various subjects. You should go back and listen to them. <laughs> All right. I think that covers Britai. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what else I should say. And I, I, I think I have more. But I'd, I'd like to give a quote or two about his, like, his singularness of vision and just like implacability. Yeah, let's close out with some quotes. Yeah. Chiron, a nominal ally is attempting to kind of circumnavigate Britai's orders and launch a sneak attack on the SDF-1. Britai doesn't like that and orders his ships to blow the fuck out of Chiron and all, all, his, all his troops. And Chiron's like, Commander, have you gone mad? And Britai says calmly, your men were interfering with a diplomatic mission, so I disposed of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, 
<laughs> he's just, he's good. just badass. And like he fights three Veritex with a length of pipe and is only stopped by being blown out into space. Like we had talked. Uh, he then claws his way over the hull back into the ship, pries open an airlock and walks back in. And when his crew sees him, uh, then they go, are you okay? He's like, I am not built as weakly as you. He's <laughs> <I mean, it's laughs> just, it's fucking cool. And, you know, I, I wish he had made it to the end, but he died a good death and he died a warrior's death. Like if there is a, a Zentradi Valhalla, he is seated, he is seated at the fucking high table. And I think that's the best way for a character like that to go. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you have the warrior's inclination and if that's so much of a part of who you are in a good dramatic story like that, it doesn't really make sense for you to for the story to end with you departing in any other way. Yeah. If he, uh, you know, retired and took up botany, I would have been a little disappointed if he was breeding tulips. (laughs) (laughs) What if they were? explosive tulips for war <laughs> or like face sucker tulips yeah <laughs> next in the alien robotech crossover <laughs> yeah that's uh that's Britai. um he is detailed in a in a few role playing games including the original macross by by palladium yeah he's you know there's some there's some stats on him but uh you know he's tall <laughs> he's big he's badass he's smart he's he is a, a soldier, soldier, a general's general, and a thinking man. And God, could we ever use more of those? Even if they're blue. You're here. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. That was Britai, and we'll see you next week. Catch you next time. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.